Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. listening to season five of Mother May I Sleep With podcast. I'm your host, Molly McElhaney. All right, you guys, tonight we have a very exciting person on the show. His name is Dylan. Dylan, I don't know your last name. Uh, my last name is Aguilera, like Christina. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay, which is why you go by El Rey now. Right, because Ray is my middle the name. King. Exactly, exactly. And that's you. Yeah, no, it's that's exactly who I am. So you and I met because of my friend Alvina Roman, right. who has always had around many young, talented people. Yeah, she in likes her me young. She, like Pamela Smart herself, that's, that's she exactly likes right. me young. No, I'm not going to incriminate my friend. Um, I will tell you, though, as much as I love Alvina, I'm so happy she didn't come because she can be like the police in this movie, a real fucking cock block. When is, <laughs> no, that's, I agree with you. Like, when the- <laughs> she's blocked it many times for me. Alvina typically cock blocks because she works in PR and she's just looking out for the best interests of her clients. Right. And it just kind of sucks because it's like having another mom around and I moved out of my house for a reason. But it's also why everyone needs an Alvina. Of course. Everyone. I, I would, you know, wouldn't trade it for the world, you know? So. Yeah, of course. So she introduced us at my store where I sell Amazon customer returns with right. our boy, Sean. Right, who's yeah. Who's my favorite pop star. Yes. I've never heard any of Sean's music, but he is my favorite pop yeah, star. Is it Cavallari, like Kristen? Cavalier. Cra- like, Cavalier. We'll see, okay, so it's actually, I think it's like, it's Cavalieri. But yeah, like, you know, what good friends we are. I don't right. fucking know. I, yeah, I'm no. like, I don't know your name, honey. Um, but we met through there and I just saw a spark in your eye. I think you're fabulous. Oh, and I you. said to Alvina, I want him to come maybe make a podcast with me yeah. all together for an exciting project. which I don't know if it's launched yet by the time you're listening to this. Today is just for reference for everyone. Today is the day of the 30 to 50 feral hogs, um, right. which is, I think, an important day in American history. And um, I said, he's got to come down and do a movie with me. So I sent you a bunch of options. Yes, you did. And you narrowed it down to two. We won't give away what the other one is yet. Not yet, no. Because who knows? Right. But we did Murder in New Hampshire, which is all about Pamela Smart, a woman who slept with her damn student and yes. then got him to kill her husband. That's exactly right. And it, the, the title, let me just say, it's pretty straightforward. It's a murder and it did take place in New Hampshire. No, so I'm from Massachusetts, right? And I don't, I wouldn't say I have the best relationship with New Hampshire. Okay. In fact, I don't love it. I honestly um, didn't even remember it was a state until I saw this movie. It's fully a state. I went to camp there. Um, I just, in my, you know, in my experience with people from New Hampshire, they love a fight. Okay. They love to throw. And I know why it's cold and they're bored. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
um, which is how stuff like this happens. This whole movie could only happen in New Hampshire or wherever Mary Kay Letourneau was from or all the other places where people, you know, that's a real, find me a teacher sleeping with her student and tell me that they don't live in cold weather. This is definitely like, you know, like a New Hampshire, Vermont, Delaware type of situation. For sure, for sure. Um, (laughs) I Yeah, okay. So um, anyway... I didn't really realize that this was the movie that I picked for a 19-year-old boy to come record with me mm-hmm. when I sent it to you. I knew like it was, you know, kind of a fucked up thing. Now, this movie for everyone at home is wondering, this isn't the one with Nicole Kidman. This is the original with Helen Hunt. Yes. It came out in the 90s. 91. Yeah, and it's iconic. I was too young to remember this case, but it's important because this was the first televised like like big crime ever yeah like this was out there with casey anthony this is out there with like uh, oj for sure Mm -hmm. this is but this was the first one and i did a bunch of research beforehand but not as much as i would have liked to but one thing that is so interesting to me is the amount of like jury tampering that happened in this case this case yeah, because this was before they were, like, sequestering juries. Okay, before the, you mean before they, like, did, like, the whole audition-type process where they would, like, say no, no juror? Or, so or, they did the audition process or whatever, right? Okay. But with, like, OJ, for example, a big part of that case was a lot of the people were going fucking crazy because they were, like, oh, all the jurors yeah. were no, locked. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're in the hotel with no TV and, like, can't talk to each other. That's so like they didn't have the hotel with no TV. So these people were out in society, going out to bars, getting drunk, like secondhand, thirdhand, talking about what was happening in the case. So, and since they didn't put the case in a different county or in a different state, which they will do if it's like a very emotional case locally. Right. um, They did not do that with this. So this is all like locals, and which is why we'll see at the very beginning of this movie, no one else will see it, I don't think at this point, but... You and I saw it earlier. Uh-huh. There's a shit ton of people oh, I, in the snow. That's one of the notes I took is there are so many people in this courtroom. Yeah, and, and this is so also insane. like yeah. people were in the snow. They had spots. They thought they were getting in. So like this was like, this is a big deal for yeah. any part of the country, no but especially in a place like New Hampshire, movie stars don't go there. Mm-mm. Like this isn't a place is where all that happens. So this is some hot shit that happened. And it really is. This is a crazy case. Right. Okay. So we're going to open up on a young couple of boys. They're sitting in a car. One of them looks like he's passed out. We see that one of them enters a house quiet. We see a different young boy enter a house quietly, calls for a dog named Haley. Um, And then two young teenage boys jump out with knives. And he's like, what's this? So this is Greg Smart. And he's like, just confused, coming home, about to get murdered, doesn't know it. has no idea he's about to get fucking murdered. So one of the guys tells him to shut up, hand over his wallet. He's like, take it all. And then... Wedding ring, too. He's And he's like, no, 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 no. He's mm-hmm. like, not my wedding ring. So they shoot him. Yes, they do. It's awful. They it's run terrible. out to the getaway car. They get away with it. So then we go to the busy court, which we mentioned earlier, the aforementioned busy court. There's a bunch of people waiting. There's no seats left. And then we hear the opening statement from the prosecution. And basically, we don't need to hear this because you can guess what it is. She was a hot media teacher at this school. Um, she, everyone loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, she had an affair with one of her students that was quite serious and they were basically having sex all over town. Yes. So throughout this scene, Pamela's taking notes during the statement. And yeah, her, I noticed that too. And her lawyer like reaches into his pocket and he takes out like a bunch of folded papers. And it makes me think that I think before a case, 
the defense and prosecution have to submit their opening statements right. to each other. So the lawyer's like, you don't need to write this down, Pamela. Exactly. Like, here it is. Right. But she keeps going anyway, which is something interesting about her. And there's a few moments during this movie where you almost have to wonder, like, if Pamela is just intellectually misunderstood. In what way do you mean this? Yeah. I'll I'll point it out to you. What I mean by this is like she has a weird way of thinking. By weird, I mean she has a very different way of thinking about certain things. Like we're going to see this a little later on when she's like tallying up the wedding gifts. Yeah. But it's like, like, oh, you like how does your – why do you think that's okay and everyone else knows it's not okay? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I initially thought maybe she's just trying to avoid eye contact with the jury or maybe she's trying to make it look like, you know, she's got a hand she's on this case. taking it seriously. You know, like, oh, yeah, like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just going to write down everything this guy is saying. You that's know, like, a good point. Right. But- and I also, by the way, like, I am the worst where, like, I will try and find any reason to excuse anyone for anything. So, so I'm advocate. like, maybe she's not all there but that's also like not fair to say as she's probably not in any way intellectually different except for that she might just be a sociopath might i think is like a tremendous understatement (laughs) right that's too much benefited out absolutely but i will say that unlike most of the things we watch on here like i'm everyone knows i'm jody arias's biggest advocate um i i will say truly (laughs) pamela smart fucking did this shit oh hell yeah i 100 percent believe it in a different way than i normally do because lifetime movies are notorious for trying to like give the woman another side right no but helen hunt definitely sold me on the fact that this this lady is in fact uh absolutely batshit crazy what's so interesting too is that wasn't like helen hunt was sort of known for not being that good of an actress like well, I think especially she, during this phase in her career yeah i'm not you know the connoisseur of helen hunt's filmography but i do know that i think she did already have an oscar at least one right well she well, she definitely has one now, but she also was on Mad About You, okay. which was like a big sitcom, and that would have okay. started shortly after this. Right. And she became like America's sweetheart for okay, a that long makes sense. time. So this was kind of like early in her career, you would say? Or this was early in her, her career. Peak, no doubt. And there was another movie she did that's like sort of famous virally because it's like a really hysterically bad scene of someone doing acid, and she like does acid and throws herself out of a window, and it's like iconic. I've seen this on Twitter. Yeah, so yes. that's that's like her, and so that's like sort of like the acting level she was known for at this okay. juncture in her career. Right, absolutely. And I, I would just like to point out that I could not stop thinking about the fact that she's like an 80s or 90s Blake Lively. Oh. Uh, because, I mean, I looked at her and I was just like, wow, like this literally looks like Ryan Reynolds' wife. That is a take. Yes. I love that. A, a Blake Lively mixed with a little bit of like a Jodie Foster in a way, you know. Yeah, but, you know. she has that look to her. She definitely does. Yeah. It's very, um, she looks very waspy. Yes, very waspy. And I think that is, you know. Uh, part of that's maybe costume. Part of that's maybe you know just the way the she makeup has that was done, facial. You know? She has that facial build of like a, a rich white girl, right? Um. So basically, um, the prosecutor goes on to say that Pamela became worried that her husband Greg was going to find out about this affair she was having with the kid. And at, one night after she and Billy did it in her house, she was gonna. Um. She told him that she had to kill Greg if they wanted to continue. Right. For two weeks after, she basically harassed him every day to get the job done. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, If you want to hear the exact statement, which I'm pretty sure is real, you can just go look it up. Um, So then we're going to cut back to Pamela during simpler times. This is her as a young girl. She's in her bedroom listening to some heavy metal music on her Walkman. Her feet are propped up against the wall. It's a 
perfect teenager's bedroom. One thing to know, though, about Pamela Smart is that she was only 22 when all of this happened. So I keep going back and forth personally when I was watching this scene between being like, it's kind of pathetic. Like yeah. you're still living in your teenage bedroom at your parents' house. Not to mention, she has a fiance at this point. And, she has and a goddamn fiance. Like, the mom has to come in and be like, oh, hey, your fiance is on the phone. Like, I don't know how life was back during this time, but I feel like I, I, I wouldn't want my mom telling me that my fiance is calling me. Yeah, that seems very like, um, I mean, it seem, it's very 80s is, is and it 90s. Is very New Hampshire? Is it like small community type? It's very 80s shit? and 90s. Like, it's just like it was okay to do stuff, like live with okay. your parents okay. and be like, I mean, also it's That's a little fair. bit religious, right? Like to right. be like, you're not going to live with your fiance until you're married. Sure, sure. Okay. And he had way. just gone. Well, I mean, it is, it's weird. Like in our world now, it's like weird the way that people would just let their kids go run around in the dark all night. Like, right. you know, right. like no doubt. we just don't do that shit anymore. No, but no, we do not. it's the, a lot of this movie though is very, oh my God, that is so 80s. That is so 90s. Very much so. Exactly. And like I mentioned earlier, like it's, it's kind of, you could tell it's, in that transitional period from when the 80s became the 90s because yeah. you got I mean you got like a lot of Twin Peaks aspects to it in the filmography yeah and you know the the captioning you, know, you gotta hit it with the font what was your comment about the font yeah, so when you see the credits roll in it's kind of that very 80s you know block font with the underlining and the italicized you know letters and, and that stuff. shadow you gotta exactly. have that shadow on that letter like, if you go look at any news like news broadcasts in the 80s they had the same exact like font on their do you yeah, think that that's stuff. a little bit of like a nod to her wanting to be a news anchor it could be it could be like and I gotta say, a there's lot a credit. lot of different nods in this movie <laughs> right. yeah but for sure this, i didn't even think about that but totally um but yeah no i think that also just we'll play this clip but just for everyone out there this was a cruel time to women. Women did not look good in the styles of that era. No. Um, seeing the 90s comeback for me wasn't that traumatizing as much <laughs> as the early 2000s will be. But no one looked good. Like, yeah. this isn't like it wasn't the most flattering. Like, you had to be a very pretty person to kind of pull this off. Right. Let's absolutely. play 446 to 748. Okay, cool. Hello? Can I interest you in some term life insurance, ma'am? You got the job at Northeastern. Dateline, New Hampshire. Greg Smart follows in footsteps of Father Bill. World will become a more secure place as of Monday. Well, congratulations, Greg. That's good news. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, have you uh, seen that fiancé of mine lately? Greg's on the phone. He got the job. You really got it? How could they resist? So, uh, can you pack a bag in an hour? Um, for what? Well, I figured we'd spend my last weekend of freedom having a wicked good time in Boston, huh? What do you mean, last weekend? Pammy, it's a figure of speech. Uh, so what, I'll pick you up at six? Um, okay. Okay, bye. Bye. This is wonderful. I think this is just what Greg needs. What? I just meant he could do with a bit of maturing. There's nothing like a real profession to do the trick.
Hey. Had a 6.30 dinner reservation. Come on, let's move. We're going to hit some Friday night traffic. Hair, what happened to your hair? Oh, the barber's still sweeping it up even as we speak. Sorry, babe, it had to go. You know, I'm a big-time corporate exec now. It was so long. It was so beautiful. I know. And it's all for you. I don't want it in an envelope, Greg. I want it on your head. It's so wild. You, you look... Ma'am, I may look like Donald Trump, but I still feel like John Bon Jovi. It's not funny, Greg. Honey, look. In a couple of months, after I've knocked them all dead with my sales magical girl back, and nobody's gonna care. In the meantime, I gotta make an impression, right? I mean, it's just part of the game. I mean, you don't wear your spiked heels and your sequin bustier to the school district, do you? <laughs> it's the same thing, right? I guess. Come on, Pam. It's just hair. Don't let it ruin our weekend. I'm still me. And I got all kinds of fun plans. I better go pack my spikes and sequins. Okay, so we have some... <laughs> so you made us laugh really hard oh. when we were... Right when we were talking about this clip as we were seeing it, um, I was like, see, he's like hot. He's like really charming. I really like him. And you, you go, yeah, man, he deserved better than what he got. <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, I think I was just like stating the fucking obvious, to be honest. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, he, no one deserves what he went through. No. He, but he's hot. Like, I don't know what it is. I have like a crush on this actor. I never have a crush on like the like the male lead. I'm always like, ew, he's disgusting. Do you think it's because of like his personality? Because they definitely It's 100% his, because like, of nice, his personality. personality. He comes across to me like a really sane and grounded Jim Carrey. Okay, okay. Like, like yeah, where I'm like, sure. you've got like a goofiness like, like a to you. Birch, Jim Carrey. Yeah, like you've got this like lovely goofiness to you, right? And like you're like a really like sweet guy, but yeah. like you've also, uh, yeah. And it's just you definitely like the director, the writers, everybody wanted you to just fall in love with this guy because you'll see throughout. And the here movie, I am. Like the scenes are just like it's like just scene after scene of him just becoming a better and better person you great know person I mean? i'm obsessed yeah, like a got a nice man, job yeah. family loves him everyone loves him now we also this is like the only scene i think we see her mother in pamela's mother yes in i noticed that too Definitely. yeah so um another thing that we want to talk about is the hair and the envelope right so this was before oj so dna wasn't an issue no right? I, I just i but my my yeah. impulse seeing someone hand someone an envelope full of their DNA is like, don't ever do that. Right. Well, I think it goes further than that, too, because they, they were getting married. You know what I mean? Like, everyone knew that they were going to be together. But it's just the fact that, like, you're giving, like, first of all, I want to know how the conversation went down with the barber. Like, hey, man, you mind just if I put some of this hair inside of an envelope to give to my fiance? Yeah. That, He's donating it to yeah, a worthy would, cause. That would be very, very weird. Yeah, it is weird. I mean... I also think that right away, I don't know, I was turned off by the fact that she was so appalled by his haircut and couldn't hide it. Yeah, this is the first red flag for me that, like, I mean, 
it just goes to show that like wow you love me for my hair man mm-hmm. you know like this like what if you know what if this was just to fall off like what if i get older you know? yeah you know what i mean like it just shows she's not in it long term and we'll find that out very it shortly. also just shows that like that is like literally how superficial she is in like a way that that's how far as she thinks oh absolutely no i i she's definitely she's like, only mm. thinking like on that physical level i don't even think like yes granted Yes, they probably maybe they would split up and that would be terrible. But like, I think more than that, like, I don't think it ever even occurred to her. She lives in her own story. Yeah, she does. You know what I mean? Where it's like she's not thinking about what the the rest of the world's thinking. Yeah. And she's just living in the past and she's, you know, super down on herself and, you know, has all these goals for herself that she feels like she's limited to not be able to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to find out after like the fact that at the very end of this movie that they hadn't even been married a year. No, not even like a little, little under a year. He was 24. She was 22. That's insane. That's the craziest part. So when he's saying to her, like, I could grow my hair back. Like, it's not like he turned into this working stiff and didn't change his hair for a decade. Exactly. Like this bitch couldn't even wait for him to get a second haircut. Yeah, no, he, that's, it's exactly right. It's funny you point that out because, uh, she didn't. Yeah, no, it looks (laughs) like by the time he was killed, it it looks as though his hair had, had barely grown at all. And if a guy did that to a chick, I will say, fucking asshole. Oh, totally. It's like like if your girl comes home with a haircut and you don't like it, like you better figure it out. Oh, hell yeah, man. You love that. You know, like that's rule number one. (laughs) So she goes to her room and she's sulking about this and she starts to pack up her bag and it's a very movie suitcase where she's just putting like four loose shirts into a bag and like goes. Right. I've never packed a bag like that in my life. Like if I have a bag, that shit is like at least... Right, two quarters of the it, way, full. and this was kind of a this is kind of a weird sequence because I mean we caught that they were going to go to Boston. I don't know, was it for the night? I'm assuming because she did yeah. pack very light. Um, and then we just go, you know, straight into it. Them, you know, like having a good time at the hotel or what? Yeah, you know? and this is like an hour long drive, by the way. New Hampshire okay. to Boston's not far. Like right. you go if you're in Boston, you go over the border to get fireworks. It's right. really easy. On 95, you take 95. I think so. Something like that? Okay. Okay. So we cut back to the prosecutor in the courtroom asking the jury to ask themselves what kind of woman would do this. What kind of woman would sleep with her students and then have them kill her husband? What kind of soul would it take while friends and family mourn Greg's loss to cover herself? Right. Right. Um, what kind of woman is Pamela Smart? She's a dangerous woman. That's right. And then that's, where do I go yeah. in my head? I'm like, is that where they got it for Ariana Grande? Yeah, that's that's a dangerous woman. Because the way it hit, I was like, fuck, dangerous woman. I mean, obviously it has new meaning now. Oh, of course. But I was like, that's like a that's like a nasty woman. Like that's like dangerous. nasty girl. Like, I feel it's like, just that like adjective at that time was very dangerous exactly, woman. That was very hard hitting. Fuck. Um, so we see Pamela and Greg on their weekend away. He's lit a bunch of pink pillar candles and she comes in the room. She's very happy by all this. Um, where are all the clothes? Who needs clothes? They dance. So, um, next we see them leave their church on their wedding day. Greg is so pumped. This is also very eighties. Oh, he's so hyped walking down the steps. He goes, white church. He's like, (laughs) so sweet. yeah. Yeah. He's hype. She, I mean, you know, she didn't seem that hype. I didn't even see her mom there, you know, like. I don't think her, her side of the family was really present. No, know? not at all. She actually says to Greg's mom, she's like so thankful to be a part of the family. She feels closer to them than she feels to her own. And his parents are great. Right. Now, at the same time, I'm sitting there being like, I don't know, when one family takes over, right. that's and, never healthy. And it's and it's just I it's like it's just bullshit too, you know? Because mm-hmm. like 
we find out later that she's just she's got so like she just keeps tabs in her head like of everything that these people do like yeah like, it's just and obviously she do doesn't you really, think they're uh, up their son's ass a little bit though I think they're a little up their son's ass well definitely we'll see the son and the dad they work together you know like right. th- that's the big thing too like this is his it's a, presumably his only child like is what it seems like you know yeah that's the pride and joy of their family we find out later that they literally like live in the same like townhome community mm-hmm. which is just fucking crazy I, I would never let that happen if that was me in my adulthood oh for um, sure but this is yeah. definitely that part of the country where like you can walk to your parents house oh right of course yeah yeah um, when they get home they go through their honeymoon album with his parents and then we're going to hear the defense lawyer giving these open statements so first scene is just sort of them all going through and then a very interesting scene with pamela talking about the prices of the wedding goods which oh. is my oof i love it pay attention you guys if you're listening which you are because you're listening um because this scene's wild and I have thoughts and theories about it. But then after that, we're going to hear the defense. I have some notes on this too, but yeah, okay. go ahead. Let's get in. You just got back and you've already got your pictures organized. Remarkable. Hey, how about some champagne? Great. Will you look at all these gifts? My Lord, you two made out. If Phil and I would gotten these many gifts when we got married, he could have retired early. That's right. This toaster cost $275. Isn't it just like the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen? Two hundred and seventy-five dollars. It'd better be for two seventy-five. It better make the damn eggs and bacon as well. <laughs> Didn't Bill's brother Jeffrey give you a toaster? He did, but it was only like eighty-five. Oh no, 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 sixty-five on sale. So I took it back and got a credit toward another place setting of our china. Hey, Pam. Do you know how much all these things cost? I mean, did you go down to the store and price everything? Of course, I know each and every price right down to the penny. I also made a whole computer printout, so I can tell you. Okay, for instance, the cheapest present from my side of the family was $95. Do tell. But the cheapest present from your side was only $55. Um, the average... Pam, cool it, will you? Nobody cares. Yes, they do. I think it's important to know the value of things. Um, the average on my side was 123 and the average on your side was 89 I think it's worth something to know these things, don't you? Champagne, sixteen ninety-five. <laughs> did Pam in any way engage in the planning of the killing of her own husband? We will prove she absolutely did not. But we will only prove that if you all keep an open mind to the facts. All the facts. The Constitution grants each citizen the right to a fair trial. You must now see to it, then, that it happens in Exeter County. It is in your hands. And you must listen to everything in context. Context. Not little bits and pieces that seem to give you a kernel of truth, but rather you must take it in the context of the person from whom it is coming. If you do that, if you give Pamela Smart a fair trial, if you do not jump to conclusions but rather let the process play out before you, then you will return with a not guilty verdict. And you might even end up a little angry, as I am, that this case was ever even brought to trial. Pam? So, first of all, let's start with your comment about the inflation on the toaster. Or should we start with the first, the fact that right away we we find out that Greg bribed a local, yes. a native. Yeah, I, and I would just <laughs> like to comment uh, on that. Uh, I What I like to do when I watch movies is... 
uh, you know, it's 2019. I like to see if I feel fairly represented uh, as a person of color. Right. And I mean, I gotta be honest. Uh, going into this, I, I, I just I wasn't feeling the love, to be honest. No. I, uh, I mean, we find um, the only uh, presumably African American actor in this film uh, is presented in the form of a Kodak picture <laughs> in a photo album uh, and described as a native. Who took a bribe to let the white folk <laughs> to down to a private island? Which I thought was damn. Like you, the, could, there you go. Okay, he took right. a bribe. But, That's hey, man, also but, that. Hey man, I get it. So it's then you also said you spotted one. Um, you spotted one black person in the right. court as well. So if you're watching this movie and you you know you want to pause at 12 minutes and 46 seconds, if you look in the <laughs> top left corner, you can see the mouth and below of what appears. <laughs> To be an African American woman sitting in the jury, um, I mean, <laughs> hey man, representation, right? That's right. lifetime. So, but I will. <laughs> while it's unforgivable, I will also tell you that I did look up because we were talking about this. The yeah. population of Black people in the state of New Hampshire, right? There are fifteen thousand Black people in the entire state of New You're Hampshire. Lying. The average age of everyone of all Black people in that in that state are is, is 28 years old 28 so it's fairly so, new this movie is what 28 years old pretty much right and yeah. but this is so this is all these are the current stats by the way oh, wow. so that means if you were black and you were born in new hampshire you get the fuck out yeah exactly because like, no there's no reason why yeah, I people guess I are, didn't really expect they all die I, I, at 28 yeah. not likely they're getting out i didn't expect new hampshire to be you know a cornucopia of african-american <laughs> culture right. But uh, at the same time, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure this was filmed in New Hampshire. Maybe, maybe their excuse is that they wanted to be as accurate as possible. But I'm sure some of the extras that showed up for this film. No. Yeah, yeah. there's no way. I yeah. mean, this is also just like a blind spot in all movies. It's yeah, just, no. and especially Lifetime, they've struggled right. with that. Right. I always tell my friends, I always tell my friends, everyone loves to notice, you know, when there's no white people in a building. Like, oh, my yeah. God, there's no white people here. But you never hear somebody walk into a room and say, oh, my God, there's no black people. Or, oh, my God, there's no Mexicans. Mm-hmm. I mean, things are changing. It's 2019, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll tell you, when I went back to Boston recently, like, I got into a lift at the end of a long day, and the guy was like, how was your day? And I was like, he's like a 70-year-old white guy. Yeah. And I was like, honestly, I was like, everyone here is white. Yeah. I was like, I grew up here, so I didn't notice, because yeah. I didn't know any differently, but... I said, at a certain point, I just started counting. I was right. like, is there anyone who appears to not have, like, white skin? Exactly. I saw one Asian person. Yeah. And then I saw, I think, one probably, like, black girl, like, very far down yeah. the street. Like, well, after, well, like, see, blocks of, of walking. Are you, you in Massachusetts? So I was in Massachusetts, but I was in, um, I was in Brookline, which okay. is, like, you know, it's more of a suburb, but it's also, like, very... It's just, like, Boston's very segregated. Like, right. a lot of these... Oh, I mean, yeah, clearly, no this is all very segregated, right. well, you know? I, I spent some time in the Back Bay area, like mm-hmm. over there by Berkeley and whatnot. And that's and, a little bit more flavorful. Yeah, you'll see some like Indian people and you'll see some like, you know, Asian people and you'll see a few black people, but still like it's, it's a, uh, it's a sea of white faces, you know, Truly. not something you're used to when you're, you've spent so much time, you know, like I have in both Texas and in Los Angeles, you know, right. Very and I think change. like, cause, cause the art scene and stuff is like all very multicultural in Boston. Boston's like obviously a big cultural city. Yeah. So there's lots of like introduction of other things. It's like very easy to think that you're exposed to a lot more than you are. Right. Cause you're oh, learning about other cultures. Oh, you're seeing sure. it or there's like pillars of the community that are like blowing up certain communities or whatever, but there's not like, 
Right. Well, it's the same type of thing where you go to museums, even like in L.A. or New York, and, you know, it's a bunch of artifacts from, you know, these different countries that were basically stolen. You know what I mean? And we feel yeah. like we're, we're cultured. You know, we feel like, Fuck. hey, man, these are all these people. You know what I mean? <laughs> you've, you've never you. It's the same type of people that say, oh, my God, like I have black friends. You know, I have this, that. But exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just I that's went just to an African art exhibit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At LACMA, you know, I took my <laughs> Tesla there parked on Wilshire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some black history for you. I mean, like right there by Lockman. That's where that's where Biggie was shot. Absolutely, nobody knows the, that man. It's crazy. I get I know it right by I, the um, what's the it called? Peterson Automotive Johnny Museum. Rockets in the in the car museum. It's, yeah, yeah, the yeah the automotive museum. There used museum. to be a Johnny Rockets there. It's, I don't know. I think if it's still uh, it's now. called like it's. It's like, it's like a diner. It's Johnny's or some shit. It's like been under construction for like No, Johnny's, I know what you're talking about. That's a place that I don't think is real. You know, they shot, I know they shot Reservoir Dogs I there. I think they only shoot movies you there. Because it's been under but construction for a minute. To, when you went down, um, what's the main street it's off Wilshire of? and Fairfax? Fairfax. Yeah. So when you went down Fairfax past the car museum on mm-hmm. like next to the car museum, not a diagonal would be Johnny's. Yeah, there the was a Johnny one, right? Rockets oh, okay. next to it. But that's how old I am. Okay, yeah, it's been probably what like 10, ten years, years yeah. easily. So, okay. So, when we get home from this honeymoon, we're going to talk about the inflation on that toaster that you looked at. No doubt. So it's a $285 dollar $275 toaster. Okay. Well, so let's just make a comment too. This woman went to the store and <laughs> checked the prices of every single wedding gift that she received. She went to like different store. Like it's not like the price tag was on these things. And they have like Google back then, eBay, nothing. She went into the store and like wrote down the prices, like wrote down who gave her the gifts, like from what side of the family. She averaged out how much she money. made a spreadsheet. Yes. Yeah, so like her side of the family averaged like $123 per gift. And hey, man, Greg's family only averaged 89, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody on her side of the family bought her a $275 toaster. Yeah. Which we adjusted for inflation, which, and that would come out in 2019 to about $540. <laughs> $540 <laughs> for a toaster. The most expensive toaster I saw on Amazon is $181, and it is able to to toast eight pieces of toast at once. This one was only able to do four. For a, a straight up toaster, not even a toaster oven, that's, yeah. in, that's obscene. Oh. There was never a time where someone just needed four pieces of bread no. so badly no. that it cost that amount of money. And she also made a note to mention that uh, one of her other uncles had bought her a $69 toaster. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, she nice. had to take that back. You 69. know what I mean? Like, that's just no love Very from that cool. uncle. Right. But no, so this is the other thing. I I think this is interesting for a few reasons because part of me was like, okay, this is all very tacky. But if we're going to look at it through the eyes of Pamela, maybe she was just taking inventory of her new belongings. And they are an insurance family. She married into a family of insurers. So they can't see that it's like they can't not make any sense of her wanting to seek out the value of these items. And their reaction isn't, you know, offended, even though I honestly, I think they should be because regardless of whether or not. I was offended. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's one thing to take inventory, but 
she literally averaged out how much money her side of the family spent and his side of the family spent on the gifts and made that like a big shady thing. Right. But I will tell you this. There are probably very few married people listening to this who don't know exactly what everything they got for their wedding cost because we do like registry now. Fair enough. Which is actually scary to think about. I was looking at this being like, wow, that must be really out of control. Like everyone rolling up with different gifts and just putting them down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no way. They have no idea what they're getting. No way. 20 different pieces of crystal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's a that's a lot. But, it's crazy. You know, I don't know. It's, it's so wasteful to me. It is. It is very wasteful. And I think it's crazy. But, like, if you, if you watch the movie, you'll be amazed at the organizational skills because <laughs> they went from not living with each other to getting married. And now they have a house fully furnished. Fully um, furnished. With all the gifts, you know. Uh, inside the house and like they're organized in designated positions. So, But for me, I wonder with Pamela, is it about image? Like what's it about? Because she either is off in yeah. that like she has different values, which may or may not be an indication of like, okay, you're the type of bitch who'd kill her husband. Right. Or it may be that... I don't I mean I don't know man I'm I'm just fucked up over it. Yeah, I I just honestly I feel like she is just, you know, a glitz and glamour type of person. You know, she has no one really to show off to. Um you, you kind of you kind of realize that Greg is her only real friend, which is why <gasps> she ends up making Oh my god, you're right. She, that's why she ends up making friends with these 15-year-olds because like she oh literally god. doesn't talk to any. She sits in her room and listens to to Van Halen and just she Oh my god, you're right. Has I all never this nostalgia about the past, you know, mm. and like so I mean, it goes it's just It's she, also her recent past yeah. too. Like she literally got married and like 6 months earlier couldn't get over her fiance cutting his ponytail. Right, like right. she's this woman was not ready to no, go to this next step, but would she ever be? No, I, I don't think so. I think that this is honestly something when you grow up in a city and a state as small as the one she grew up in and you have somewhat of, you know, a sense of access to the outside world, like, you know, Van Halen and all this stuff, you know, they right. live in LA. Like it's well, a she dream. She lived in Florida. Yeah. Was a, she did live in Florida. She was but the look maiden she is of now. metal. She was the maiden of metal. No <laughs> doubt. I did write that down. She worked for a radio station. She was the maiden of metal. Uh, she's super psyched to tell everybody that while um, the kids are giving their little uh, anecdotes about drug use, she go ahead. She pipes in and lets everyone know that she was a maiden of metal. Um, but uh, but but yeah, no. She, I think she's definitely just. She wishes she had a different life and wishes she did some things different. For sure. For sure. Oh yes. Oh for sure. Her star did not take off soon enough, and we know that right away because in the next scene after this. She is getting told that she's not good enough for Channel 9 News. Nope. Which Channel was 9, is no. a real station. Yes. Wasn't good enough to be their news person. She said that the station is too stupid to see her talent. She's going to spend her life teaching students how to plug in VCRs. Right. Okay, so basically she gets home and she's telling him this. What were you saying about him, your impression of him when this whole scene happened? Because I thought he was very sweet. Yeah, let me let me just set the scene for you guys. Um, it's We're looking at a beautiful fall day in the duplex. Um, it's uh, We got pumpkins, you know, on people's doorsteps, children running around having a good time. Uh, we, we go inside. We see a shot of Greg doing the dishes. Family man. Let me just say, like, he, he washes and dries. He's like a single mother. Right. All right. Pam comes in from her Channel 9 audition. 
visibly frustrated, pacing back and forth. And the director really wanted to make a note of this pacing because she paces back and forth. She goes. Uh, she goes for it. a minute, like she a needs while. Movement. Um, she's very upset. Greg, though, could not have been more understanding. He was like, so sweet, and he had things yeah. to do. We had to go to work. By the way, this whole scene for me was like hijacked by looking at the vase on the floor, like the big floor vase with all the pussy willows I in it. I do remember this, yes. That absolutely. was very, like, were you alive for that when people I, had big-ass sticks I was of not, pussy willows? I in do there? have grandparents who remain in the 80s in terms of their interior decorating. Yeah. So, yeah. My mom stuck a pussy willow up her nose when she was a child and had to go to the hospital and have it taken out. I stuck two popcorn seeds up my nose as a child. And my mom didn't yeah. take me to the hospital. She's like, Dylan, you better just blow your nose really hard and get him out. Were you trying to, to make to popcorn? Honestly, I was just fucking bored. I was right. like, you know what? Here's popcorn seeds. Let me see if I can get them. Because at the time I thought, you know, like the nose just goes straight to the mouth. So right. I thought the same thing. I put a raisin in my nose when I was in uh, watching Punky Brewster one day. Oh, really? Yeah. Punk and I eh? was like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I knew about, yeah. I was like, I knew about the pussy willow story. It was yeah. infamous in my family. My right. mom stuck pussy willow for nose. I have to go, to the, go to the hospital. Right. So I'm sitting there watching Punky Brewster. I decided to shove a raisin up my nose and I'm like, Molly, this is it. You're going to have to go to the hospital. So I yeah. sat there and I got that pussy, I got that Pussy willow. I got that raisin out of my nose, but it took a while. Yeah, man. it took me a I while. I had to just too. surgically go up there and get in there Ooh, with my see, little, I kept, like, my, my tiny little hands. Yeah, yeah. No, it was not. I remember I was playing GameCube, um, <laughs> and I just stuck two of them up there too. I didn't stop after one. I was like, one in each nostril, <laughs> and I initially had them so you could see them poking out of my nose. Oh yeah, and I tried to get them out, Sick. and they just kept going in there. It was just not. I was like probably six or seven, maybe. You know, Terrible. it's just like this is the shit you do when you're bored as a kid. Absolutely. That's why you got to yeah. keep this those hands iPads. full with board games. This is before you know? iPads, you know, like all that shit. You have like, nothing to do. I'm on the cusp of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. My little brother has not lived a day of his life without you know no. YouTube. You just sat there when you right. were a kid. You I just sat and it. you yeah. You behave. Right. So um, he's like, hey, you know what? Before like, before I leave, no matter what it's worth, I'd rather have you give me the TV news than anybody. And he blows her a Dude, kiss. Sweetheart. So sweet. Absolutely. I love him. Nice I guy. love Greg. I'd, I'd leave my life so, fine bro, for Greg. Bro, honestly, I would probably hate Greg if he was real because I knew that any girl would choose Greg You'd be Greg like, I just me. can never be. Yeah, exactly. Everything just, that Greg is. Just, yeah, no doubt. 100%. So um, Pamela just has this look on her face when he's saying this. Like, she doesn't even hear what he's Bro, saying. she does not care. Right. And, like, I understand you can't, your man can't always put a smile on your face Mm-mm. with some kind words, right? right? But he may as well have been talking to a fucking wall. Oh. And he might have been just, like, a dog barking. Not even, she probably would have given more of a reaction to, like, a barking dog. Yeah, you know, I, this is honestly the first scene where I started to realize she doesn't really give a fuck she about it. She ain't him. right. She's stuck in the past. You she know. ain't right. She made a commitment at 22 to get married. Bro, 22? Are yeah. you kidding me? Hell no. No. No way, man. Maybe that's how they do it in New Hampshire or whatever. I think that's how they did it back then. Like, I mean, even then, like, that was still really young to get married. But it was much more, like... Much more acceptable, or not even acceptable, much more of the norm, I guess. Yeah, when yeah, I yeah. was in, when I was her age, when I was 22, not only did I think I'd probably be engaged by then, like when mm-hmm. I was growing up, I right. was like, oh, I'll probably be engaged by 22, and I'll probably have like at least one kid by 25. Yeah. And then when I was like, you know, out here in LA at this age, all my friends were like, don't even fucking 
think about oh, having a kid till oh, you're 35. Yeah. Like no. you don't need to worry it's about it. It's very different out here. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Like my whole life will be over by the right. time I'm 35. Right. And here I am, 35 years old, killing it, don't want a child. Yeah, no. See, I have friends. <laughs> I don't want to ruin someone's life. Who are younger than me, 18, 19, and they're fucking, they have kids. Yeah. And that, that I have this weird theory that if you're from a small town, all you want to do is fuck. Because there's That's really exactly nothing else. And, and like, it is the truth, right? It and I'm is. glad and you And in say the that. cold. No, because it's because people you're, are fucking yeah, like you're making, Like, people were talking shit to me because I said that. You're bored as fuck. There's nothing yeah. to do. I used to date a girl up in Woodland, California. Mm-hmm. Like, up there, suburb of Sacramento. There was fucking nothing to do in that city. Yeah. We would sit in the hotel room and watch fucking Clueless. There was a fucking <laughs> channel that played Clueless over and over again. And we just put it on. And I love just, that channel. And I was like, hell no. Like, I can't do it. Like, there's nothing to do. I could drive to Sacramento and go to the Cheesecake Factory. And that was about it. But yeah. I have the Cheesecake Factory every week at the fucking Americana. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's not exciting to me. Cheesecake Factory. Well, I mean, no, it's true. It's why, like, so many people do drugs. It's why so many people have reckless sex. Yeah. It's why so many people drink and drive. There's right. fucking nothing to do. It's cold it's and it's terrible. boring. Yeah. Um, As most things are for you in life, though, boring. Mm-hmm. Like, anything good for you. But also a lot of the things that you, decisions you make. Or yeah. Because you're fucking bored. So um, at the school, Pamela's heading up some sort of student group. We started these at my school after Columbine, not to brag. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But they only went till like September 11th. Yeah. Not to brag or anything, but one of the shooters <laughs> had the same name as me. Oh, which one? And Columbine? Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, oh, Dylan. just the name yeah, Dylan. Just the name Dylan. Yeah. It's Eric we don't have Klebold. A much else no, Dylan, Eric, you know, Dylan, Dylan Roof. Or Dylan, no, Dylan, Klube. Dylan Roof is the 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 shooter of the church. Yeah, a lot we don't of like terrible we Dylans. don't love him. We gotta we those are canceled. Those Dylans are canceled. Oh no doubt. You're the head Dylan, as far as I'm concerned. You D- Dylan, and Klebold Dylan from and Beverly Hills 90210. Okay, right, Luke Perry. R. Yeah, R. we. Always R.I.P. Absolutely. Did you no see doubt. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? I did. R.I.P. Like, I just loved seeing him for even a moment. I don't even remember who he played. He oh, played he was a cowboy. Actor. Yeah, he was yeah. another actor, He right? wasn't, yeah. like, a big part of the movie. I almost wondered. I think they were shooting it when he died. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing them shooting for that a long time ago, honestly. They've been working on it for a minute. Because I remember one time they closed off. I think it was, like... Uh, Right where El Coyote is, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. fucking tired as fuck driving, and they had that shit closed off for the for the film. I was like, damn. And like, Musso and Frank, they shut down a bunch of stuff. They got some real real estate. If you guys haven't seen it, that movie, it's been out for probably eight months. By the time you're hearing this, you got uh, yeah. to make a point. To got to make a point. It's really right. good. Um, so let's play the scene where she's rapping with some teens. They're doing a full rap sash. Yes. They're absolutely discussing their problems and feelings. 1452 to 1808. After this, we're going to cut to a scene of her defense doing their opening statement in court. And then after that, we're going to cut back to a car where she's driving home some of her students. So we're going to see a nice little like sandwich flash forward, right. flashback. Right. I think was still there. You know what I mean? Every, everything that everybody thought was bothering him that the coke was supposed to take care of it just seemed to bother him worse I just figured the best thing to do is just to to solve your problems and that way there's no reason to do the coke I think Billy's absolutely right you know, there's like this belief that drugs and rock music kind of go together. Forget it. 
I mean, nobody's more into heavy metal than me. I was the DJ on this radio talk show at this college station in Florida. I was known as the maiden of metal. <laughs> and so I did all the concerts. I hung out. I got to know the groups. Well, Eddie Van Halen came on my show this one time to talk about drugs. And he basically said the same things that Billy just said. So, here's the deal. I guess when the partying stops, the problems are still there. They're just staring at bloodshot eyes. Poor, young, vulnerable Billy Flynn. How vulnerable, I ask you. How innocent. How pitiable. Malleable. Is a person who not once, but on three separate occasions, admittedly set out to kill Greg Smart. A person who admittedly put a 38 caliber revolver to the head of another human being. A human being who begged for his life. And then, without so much as a thought, pulled the trigger, watched the blood splatter, and then simply left his victim to die. So, what do you do at school? What do I do as media director? Well, I didn't mean anything. I just... No, 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 no. It's a really good question. Um, I do just about everything having to do with the media. I do the news releases. I'm in charge of getting out the District 21 newsletter. I... I take the pictures, I write the articles, I do the layout on the computer. Wow, that sounds like, like fun almost. <laughs> well, it is fun. Jobs can be fun, you know. Yeah, I guess. I never, um, I don't know. What do you want to do eventually? Well, I was thinking, like, maybe, you know, to be a journalist or something. Well, you should come to the office and hang out. Really, I can always use the help. We could work on some different stuff together, see if you like it. That'd be great, thanks. I get out here. Which one's your house? It's right down there. Okay, I can drive you. Oh, it's okay. Really. Thanks. See you guys. See ya. If you come up here, I won't feel like I'm your chauffeur. Oh, sure. So she drops this girl off like down the street from our house, which for yeah. myself or any other Seventh Heaven viewer or any viewer of any show, this is by the way, Seventh Heaven comes up every episode of the show now. Okay. Um, that always means the teenager is homeless. Yeah. Ex- that's oh my that's God, the I wrote setup that down. for the homeless teen. I, for the, through the remainder of my notes, I refer to her as homeless girl. <laughs> so I'm not even kidding. So I'm glad that you said that. No, first. it's always, it's always like the setup. By the way, what a miserable place place to be homeless, like suburban New oh, Hampshire. I die. She has like this specific intersection too that she wants to be dropped off at too. Like if you watch it, she like cuts and is like, "Oh, stop right here." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So th- that was definitely something that or I. Or that thought means was like weird. your parents like a really bad addict and they hit you and so you can't come near the house and right, see like how right. unkempt but normally, the yard yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so Maiden of Metal is fucking iconic. You brought up an amazing point, right. which is that um. No one fucking asked her. No one mentioned music. Yeah, not a single fucking person asked her. Also, like, I think Billy, you also, another great point. So the whole scene with the hair, with his hair earlier, Greg's hair, mm-hmm. 
is to lead up to the fact that she likes a metal boy. Right. And when we meet Billy, he's sitting there in a leather jacket with a full mullet looking very like John Bon Jovi sort of killing it. Some some David Lee Roth going on. (laughs) No doubt at all. Um, He is serving some like, he has that sort of like Culkin brother look though to him as an actor. Yeah, I know exactly Sort of like a, you know, just like a sad eye. Skinny, like malnourished type, you know, like, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, like a Jared Leto young he has that thing to him for sure and so this whole scene though is so interesting you bring up a great point which is that again no one asked her uh, no one mentioned music he's just talking about him using cocaine two or three times which like at no point does she say like that's really bad no and and, and this is literally like this is uh, we we see that this is uh, this is like a drug type meeting where you go and you talk about addiction and stuff and he's giving this anecdote about how he used to use cocaine to solve his problems and he realized the problems are still there yeah and she doesn't touch on that at all yeah, I know. Well, I mean, probably also a big problem with cocaine is w- staying up until it wears off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> like when he's like, I was up, like, you know, and then when the cocaine wore off, I still had my problems. I was like, well, yeah, you need to take a Xanax and go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. You need to yeah, do something about that. Or just downgrade to Adderall. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, something. Less you can't effects. stay up all night in cocaine. That's not going to solve your problems. No, it's you need not. a night's sleep after that and then right. a pizza when you wake up. And you're 15, dude. Yeah, you know no. What I mean? And like, by the way, on. like, that's some dark shit like doing I like where does coke even come from in this part of the country right. I was very sheltered to drugs uh, throughout to all mention, of my teen years this is very dark yet she doesn't even comment on it and go straight into talking about how she used to be yeah, a, I'm a disc fucking DJ yeah. at uh, a radio station in Florida so also another great thing I didn't even realize is that so Haley her dog is named Haley because of Van Halen Okay, I thought it was Bailey, but it makes sense. It's, it's Haley. Haley, yeah, right. And then her license plate is Halen. Halen, yes. And she like is like living on, like hanging on this one time she met Eddie Van Halen at the radio station as She's the maiden of metal. Obsessed. What if he wrote her a letter in prison? She'd kill herself. That would be it for her. That's all she it's needs. It's definitely some. It's definitely some like Jodie Foster and uh, the guy who tried to shoot Reagan thing. What was it? John Hinckley? Like some oh. obsession shit going yeah, on. Here, yeah, no yeah, doubt, yeah. Because no, for it, sure. she's clinging on to this. Like with the hair, the license plate, uh, the music. Every song she plays is Van Halen, pretty much. You know, the but posters. But how can you have a man like my Greg, my Gregory Smart, and just be only into the hair? Is this where her her interests begin and end? You know what? I think it goes deeper than the hair. I think it's the fact that they grew, they man, they were such metalheads together, and then now he's selling insurance. And I love that. I, I don't know if this guy actually sold insurance, but that is the perfect job for this part. Like it's the most boring looking thing in the world, where you wear a suit and you go in with your haircut and you shake hands with old people. It's also very like anti Reagan era, where oh, it's yeah. like it's like I, you're you're turning into my dad. You're a baby boomer now. Right. Like you're like you exactly. know like it's that very like you've betrayed our right. culture. Some late eighties stuff, no doubt. Yeah, but it's like, not punk rock. Like that's the saddest part about it. Because like punk rock, I feel like okay, they have a message. They're like anti this. 
hair metal bands, like they have an actual hair metal band, has no problem mm. becoming corporate. They want to sell their records. Let me tell you, Kiss has no underlying messages in their lyrics. I don't think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Neither does Van Halen. So, to be honest. So she gets Billy in the front seat of the car because she feels like a chauffeur at this point, having yeah. dropped off the homeless girl at the railroad track, and she's like, "Hey, I saw you playing air guitar back there. Do you play real guitar?" <laughs> It's so fucking like if a if a dude said that to me, I'd be like, "You're so gross." He's like, like, "Oh yeah, well, like, no, not really." I've just been like really trying to like get into it though. And bro, she is just so into this shit too. Like, you could see her like looking through the rearview mirror, like almost crashing the fucking car a few times because she's trying to see his licks on the fucking air guitar back there. (laughs) And like, he is going real air guitar. Like, is if I really? ever saw somebody do this, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, but he's getting into it. And right, she's, he's like doing all the chords and shit. He's there. Yeah, no, she's damn near like at <laughs> full sail, to be honest, because like she she was no problem like to the homeless girl. Get the fuck out of my car. Billy comes sit in the front seat. Waste no time to ask about the air guitar. No, not at all. And she's like also takes us another chance to expand upon her like illustrious history of building up the metal community but then she pulls up to his place and she's like you did really great that night with your you know tonight with your story about drugs um yeah everyone thought so and then she goes you know what listen if you really want to play guitar you just have to practice just remember if you need something bad enough and you don't give up you can have anything you want it was nice to meet you no doubt yeah i know and like i I actually didn't even realize that till i read it in my fucking notes just now right and and i i wrote down i don't know if any of the listeners are familiar with literature but she she gives off a very holden caulfield vibe yeah in terms of like catching the ride we're just like you're super narcissistic and you think the whole world is out to get you and you know like you're the only sane person but in reality you're fucking crazy yeah but holden you know I mean? caulfield was also a true g oh dude she that's is my not, favorite book no Pam, doubt pamela smart is not a true g uh, no exactly but you got people who will say holden caulfield is a spoiled brat like oh all he's this awful shit. You know, yeah no doubt but i, I wrote that down and also um, I, I wrote down that during this first interaction, it, it looks as though Billy, you can't really tell that he's into her because he seems kind of confused that this fucking is. teacher's hitting on him. Yeah, of course. You know, this, is, this is a freshman in high school. You it's know also I mean? a little disjointed too, though. Like it leaves a lot of room open for like, are you like, am I flirting with you? Exactly. Like, And so you wonder like, is she inappropriate or yeah. is this normal? No, it's very true. So the whole family, they're gathered around the piano. It's, it's Christmas, Christmas time. time. Yeah. Okay. It's Christmas time, bitch. Greg is pretty drunk and they're all singing 12 Days of Christmas, which is a whole right. family despite. Five onion rings. Five yeah. onion rings. I truly laughed yeah, in me my too. place. And I also died because once he's hitting the nog, that's my thing. Oh. I always say you got to hit the nog You got to keep Christmas. him away from the nog. He's getting, too, he's getting too into the nog right now. Pam, like Pam's hating her fucking nogs. life. I'm telling. Thirty to fifty <laughs> nogs. Thirty to fifty nogs, no doubt. Dude, he had like thirty to fifty <laughs> nogs 30, in three no, to five minutes. Thirty dude. to fifty, thirty to fifty carol <laughs> nogs while he was singing Christmas carols. <laughs> um, yeah, he fucking loved his nogs, dude. I uh, I do love eggnog. We were talking about this too, a little yeah. bit before. Shout out to Christina Lopez for the coquito recipe. 
If you guys haven't had Coquito, yeah. it's Puerto Rican eggnog, and it's the fucking shit. Christine has a video somewhere on the internet making with her family. So on the drive home, uh, Greg is really fucking wasted, and he's oh, reciting yeah. the night before Christmas, and she's like, are you going to do the whole fucking thing? Like, she, stop. I'm yeah, sick of it. She actually tells him to can it. I wrote that down, which can at it. that time was like, shut the fuck up in New Hampshire language, I'm assuming. I mean, it's very like 80s language. Yeah, no doubt. It's And it's also like them trying to avoid swears, which is great for our overall right. our list, because this movie's not going to score particularly high based on the acting, for example. Right. Um, the story has left us some loose oh, ends, yeah. though. Not to mention, this originally aired, I read, on CBS. So, like, it was during prime time, and, you know, like... It's a mouth. It's a movie of the week. You, it's, it's can it, man. Can it. Yeah. That's, that's all you can go, you know? So, he seems annoyed that she's not in the Christmas spirit, and he mm-hmm. tells her, no mistletoe for you when you get home, or Mr. Toe. <laughs> uh, I didn't even catch Which, that. truly. And then the dad's like, Mr. Toe. And so, the whole family's, like, a little shit-faced. They're yeah. having fun. Pamela's like, I guess, girl doesn't drink. No. Well, I, I just don't think that she felt the emotional connection anymore. I think she felt trapped at this point. Yeah. she had already kind of fallen in love with Billy seeing him play air guitar back there. She I will tell you yeah. this, though. Because, like, it does seem to be all about Greg's family. And it's okay if she's not close with hers, you know. Right. Is it? I don't know. But I will tell you that it can be a lot when you're married to someone and they're really involved with their family. For like, sure. Like, that can be a real toxic right. brew. Like, no is it a certain point you're like, did I marry you? Exactly. Or did I, I marry these that. motherfuckers? Exactly. Like, yeah. She didn't. Can This is also, like, a big Irish Catholic family, I assume, or something yeah. of the sort. Yeah, we all know the in-law jokes, too. You know, it's just of kids, yeah. tons of brothers and sisters. Which I just think she's given up any care at this point because she tells him to shut up right in front of his parents, you know, and then you get the very dramatic look out the window for mm-hmm. the remainder of the ride home. So she's like, how many nogs have you even had? This is disgusting. And the mom's like, you know what? That's enough, Pamela. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just can't stand it. I can't stand when he gets drunk like this. Yeah. So... That's also fair. Right. Like, there's a few hints throughout this that Greg likes to overdrink. Yeah, there is. But see, the thing is, the problem is, is that it's just, I have such a biased view against Pam because, like, I'm just like, you had him fucking murdered, but... Like, she does, like, bring up a lot of things that like he's an alcoholic, you know. That, and, but then also she married yeah. someone who's drinking she was uncomfortable right. with. Like, it's not, they've been not even married a year. It's not like they got married and then all of a sudden he's a, like, a fucking. Alcoholic, yeah. A Gregnog addict. That's right. what I almost uh, called it. I almost called it Gregnog. Uh, that's crazy. I really did. Um. But yeah, so anyway, that night his parents are in bed. I love this because it's so like the mom's just laying in bed with her Reader's Digest. She's all yeah, like, yeah, they're ready to hit the hay. You know, she's ready to lay down. She has her magazine, and there's a lot of knocking at the door. And she's like, "Who's that knocking?" So the husband's like, "I'll go to the door." Twenty two forty to twenty five twenty one. Greg, 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 are you Dad? What are you doing here? Did you hit your wife? Did I what? She's over at our house. Your house? How the hell did she get there? She walked in the cold after she says you hit her. I hit her? Well, come on, Dad. You know I'd never do that. Then what the hell happened, for crying out loud? She's hysterical over there. I don't there. know. Look, she was bitching at me from the minute you dropped us off. I mean, it was just like it was in the car, you remember? Only worse. And I just wanted to crash, you know? I told him that we'd talk about it tomorrow, that right then all I wanted to do was sleep, but she wouldn't quit. And she's standing in the middle of the bathroom door, and she wouldn't let me by, so... 
I just pushed past her in the doorway. I mean, okay, maybe I used the side of my arm or something, but I barely touched her, for God's sake. I mean, come on, Dad. I know I'm blasted, but I'm not comatose. Just go to bed. Listen, you two are married now. You've got to resolve your own problems, understand? You sure you don't want to stay down there with us tonight? No, I'll be okay. I just want to sleep in my own house. Okay. If you need anything, just call us. Thank you. I know you guys have classes, so I'll talk fast. We need your help. The Florida Citrus Council is sponsoring this contest for the most creative commercial about orange juice. Here's the flyer. So this is very clear uh, to me at this point, especially on like another rewatching of this movie, that she just was done and she was looking for anything to get out. Yeah, no doubt. I... I... I have to agree, you know, and I think that the way that she went about this is like she knew that the parents knew that Greg was drunk, and so she thought she could get away with, you know, telling little little fibs and bullshit. Um, I mean, it does sound like there was an encounter between them, but at the same time, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't ever want to side with someone who's like accused of hitting someone, but at a certain point, especially the way she railed in the car... I, you know, yeah. when you're when, when a drunk person is drunk, let them go to fucking sleep. Trying to argue with a drunk person is yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a, a and, worse and than fighting with a, a like a exhausted toddler. We like you're not getting anywhere. We see Greg asleep in his jeans and shoes and his belt, and it doesn't look like he could be hurting anybody. So that's what I'm saying. I think she was looking for something. Wanted to get the parents involved, maybe on her side a little bit. Because, I mean, obviously, they're going to be on Greg's side. You know, that's their kid. But she just wanted to start a little something to kind of maybe throw some, throw, some, throw some shade in there, throw some, you know, insecurity in the parents' minds, you know, just letting them know that something might be up with Greg. I mean, she also could have been in this position where she's like, you know, if what she says later on about basically, like, if I leave him, I'm going to lose everything. She could have been trying to escalate. And by the way, like, anyone who listens to this podcast knows I typically do not ever make an excuse for, like, a man's behavior like this, especially in a real-life story. But I will say that it something about that specific scene, like, her railing on him, like, basically picking on him when he's drunk, that seems like something you're doing to basically get him to be like, I'm done. I'm fucking out. Oh, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, you're totally right. That is Because, like, when you're railing on someone who can't defend themselves, like, you're trying to get them to be like, I'm fucking out. And that's the only thing that she was holding on to was that he was never going to agree to to a divorce and that was going to make things really difficult for her in the long run. Yeah, but you just have to assume, too, that, I mean, like, she, she, this, they haven't been married that long, you know? No. So she's already starting this kind of behavior. It's definitely going to leave a bad taste in Greg's mouth. And they're also too young. I mean, the dad's going up there being like, we can't solve fights for you anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean anymore? Like, how long have you been? Yeah, I didn't think about that. Mediating these fights between them. But she wants to go to sleep in her own bed She or in her own house. house. She curls up on the couch with the dog. And then in class the next day, Pam is telling everyone, all the little kids that are in her media class, um, Billy and then Cecilia, and then I think it's JR and like another girl. 
she's like, okay, so the Florida Citrus Council is holding a contest to see what schools can come up with the best commercials. This yeah, is true. About orange juice or some shit, This right? is literally the exact, com- like, the exact commercial that they were doing when this case started. Okay. Um, and she's like, I don't want to just do a commercial, though. I want to do a music video. Right. And I also thought about this later, and I love this because she's from Florida. Like, yeah. I think, or at least lived in Florida. So it's like, okay, like she's in touch with the Florida Citrus Council. Like she's getting, they didn't send that email out to everyone or whatever it was. Right. So the students are like, it's not possible to do a music video about orange juice. And she's like, look, of course we can. We can do anything we want. They can be wild. They can be outrageous. They can be funny. We can use the school equipment. Billy can use a video camera. And what they don't know, he he can learn. I mean, this is an educational project. No doubt. And we learned that there's also a grand prize. And she tells the students that her and Greg will be winning the trip and uh, that she can split the cash prize between all the students. Yeah. I liked that they went along with that, too. I did, too. Which, because, I mean, honestly, I feel like she could have left like, the part out where she and her fucking husband are going to take <laughs> I was like, excuse me? I was me? like, uh, all right. Because she said it like it makes so much sense. Yeah, She's like, like well, my husband, naturally, my husband and I will take the trip, but you, we can all split the cash. And I was like, tell me you're not getting some of the cash, too. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, anyway, she asked Cecilia to hang back mm-hmm. um, because she wants to talk more about this. And she says, you know, you can be my intern if you want. You can work eight hours a week with me. And she's like, I would love that. When can I start? And she's yeah. like, you can start today. And she goes, well, as my first official day of intern duty, I have to tell you that Billy has a huge crush on and you. And by the way, guys, Cecilia is the homeless girl. Uh, I don't right. know if we commented on right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, really? He'll get, she goes, oh, really? He'll get over it. He'll get it. over it. Which seems real. Like, it feels to me at the time that she didn't realize that she could maybe get Billy to kill her husband. Like, this could right, be... Right, but I don't even know if that was on her mind. You think that was on her mind at this point? No, I think yeah. that, like, I think that she was attracted to Billy, but yeah. knew it was wrong. Because oh, she's the teacher. Right. And then I think that, you know, her saying he'll get over it was her not realizing that he won't get over it. it and yeah. that he'll do anything for her. And I think and she it's... already has this existing problem of a husband she wants to get rid of. Right. I, I and I think it's important to note too that Pam is very open with these fifteen year old kids about Beyond. everything. Like her life, her fucking experiences. Her like we learn later on, she's just fucking so open about her plan to kill her fucking husband. Like, it's just like damn, like you're telling everyone in the school basically. Yeah, and very loose. Lips. Yeah, no, no, it very, very weird lady, no doubt. So but. we see them shooting the music video, very and this is another yeah. another weird ass moment. So Pam and the two girls are dressed like cave women waking up early, and the two teenage girls are wearing like black t shirts with sort of like bone necklaces painted on them, mm-hmm. and then like. I guess what one would consider a more masculine caveman look. Yeah. And then Pam's wearing like, a, like leopard a print. One sleeve sort of Wilma Flintstone sexy little number. Right. Obviously the Beyonce of this Destiny's she Child. She is the one hundred percent the Beyonce of that Destiny's Child. Not giving the others much scream time. And the premise of this music video is that a bunch of hot cave women wake up and they start dancing. And they smash oranges in and order then to get juice. All that dancing makes them thirsty. You're right. And we know that because the cave women point to their mouths to be like, I'm thirsty. Oh, it's right. morning, that's, I'm thirsty. In case you guys didn't know, that's the language that cave <laughs> that men and I'm women thirsty. use. Yeah. <laughs> so they start beating the oranges and eating them. After they like, you know, they dance and they do this whole thing, she's covered in orange juice because she's been squeezing it on herself. And she's 
playing right. very sensually to camera. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm like, if this is a high school for, like, if this is a high school student contest and you're sending this into the Florida Citrus Council, yeah. like, I would be embarrassed. Right. Not to mention, I didn't even fucking realize that she was going to be in the video. <laughs> To be well, honest, I don't think that's she's a, the star of the screen. Anytime, like your teacher was like in anything, it was so embarrassing, and it was always for comedic effect. Like the teacher no was doubt. never like the hot one, <laughs> right? Right. But I feel like because she is, this is new for her, right? She's yeah. the media director. She's not necessarily a teacher. She's like an elective teacher, and she doesn't even really want to be a teacher. Right. She like wants to be a news anchor, and like exactly. she, this is like boring for her she wants to be on camera i i can kind of relate to this though having a crush on a teacher though because when i was in ninth grade there was this brand new like teacher who was mm-hmm. actually like the older sister of somebody in my grade she was like 22 okay she just so you, like, became the her. english teacher yeah. in ninth grade and she was just so beautiful and i was like damn like and we all of us had heard about you know like these fucking teachers hooking up with students we had a gym teacher that hooked up with a student for a minute did you course, and did duh. they get fired yeah he got fired he went to like fucking jail too so, see you know. that's the other thing too is that there's always this like you know double standard with female teachers hooking up with their male students I like because it's like this fantasy hot for teacher right which is like another metal song i wonder if that right but it's never influenced it's her never a hot teacher that i see on the news it's always like Ugh. Oh, I always think they're like pretty, like young girls. Maybe that's I'm the just thing not that's like looking at these stories enough. But the ones that have been brought to my attention, the teachers just like it's like, damn, really? It's like it had to be just like a dare thing where it's like, oh, but you can get the teacher to hook up with you, or you know like they're I mean? kids that like really need a role model, and like they are taken under the wing of someone, and it's like sick and twisted, and they manipulate them like right. any old ass man that like gets his 16-year-old student to think they're going to be together. Or like, it's, it's just fucking nasty. Or it's, like, super bad where, like, they just want to have sex before college so that they're good at it. Maybe. That's right. also possible. You know. But, yeah, I mean, she's a fucking predator. Like, that's the no other doubt. thing, too, is when you read all these news stories about, like, when it's a woman and a, and a student having sex, like, they're like, oh, they're having sex. But in reality, like, she's legally raping him. Yeah, he's statutory, no old. doubt. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, like, he's... 15 years old like she's man- manipulative as fuck uh, like oh, this is one oh, person you, you can't even, argue that she's manipulative like, yeah it so it gets to the point where it's like would give me chills during the fucking movie because it's mm. like damn this fucking lady man <laughs> it's so, like yeah it's crazy she asked billy if she can take a shower in his room and when she gets out of the shower she's looking at billy's room and it looks an awful lot like her teenage bedroom which you and i talked about it's like definitely fucking her teenage bedroom but yeah. that's beside the point yeah like i mean it is but it isn't like it's kind of states like shows her um mental state which right. is basically like oh this is hot like it's like she's thinking like a teenager right right she wants to and 22 is pretty young to want to recapture your youth by the way no doubt like, well ex- exactly we'll see 22 man like i'm like two years away from 22 and I don't think that's old. You know what I mean? Maybe no. compared to like a 15-year-old, sure. But if you went into a high school girl's room, you'd probably look at this oh, shit and be like, no. oh my God, she's like a child. Like, yeah, this is so no, immature. Absolutely. Like, yeah. the fact that she walks into this young 15-year-old boy's room as a 22-year-old woman and is like, this is hot. Like, right. She ain't right. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um, that is fucking crazy. So Cecilia's kind of pouting at the kitchen table a little bit. The homeless um, girl, And yeah. I do wonder if the whole time, if Cecilia has a crush on Billy and like where that sort of 
helps or hurts things. You know what I was kind of thinking? And I just fucking thought You think thought she has a crush on her? No, I think that Cecilia, the whole reason that she had fucking Pam drop her off in the intersection is because we find out later in the movie that Cecilia thinks this is fucked up from the beginning. She mm. thinks it's weird that they're hanging out with the teacher. So maybe she didn't want her mom seeing a fucking teacher drop her off at her house. Probably. That was maybe like the thing. Or like she didn't want her mom to see the fucking teacher drop her off under the bridge where they live because they're homeless. <laughs> right. uh, Truly. But, but yeah, no. They I, do clean it up later when they go to the police station together, though. I will say that was for me. I was like, oh, she's not homeless. Okay. Or she and her mom keep themselves very well underneath that bridge. Exactly. No doubt. Um, So there's a conversation between Billy and his mom um, about, you know, what happens when your teacher wants to take you out dancing. 2905 to 2932. I do want to say before we start this, do you remember in the 90s people would buy like blue paper napkins or pink paper napkins based on their kitchen? Uh, I but not, not like party napkins. I was born at the end of the 90s, so I mean, Okay. No. Oh, yeah. Your fingers literally have 1999 tattooed on yeah, them if you right. guys want like an image. Yeah, I'm, He's a young boy. I am. So, you know. But they're using blue paper napkins, which to me is iconic because it's so wasteful, but just goes to show how like we are in a climate disaster now because people needed to use like specifically blue colored paper napkins when Not they were mention, yeah. wasting and shit. And they also just use a shit ton of hairspray in this movie. So, I mean, like, that's climate they fucked change. Up it's the earth. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, 2905 to 2932. You're going dancing. Pam's taking us. I just don't think it's appropriate for you to go out clubbing with one of your teachers. She's not a teacher. She is a medium. She's an adult. I don't get it, Mom. You always complain there's not enough adults around to supervise whenever I want to go anywhere. Now you're getting just what you want. I don't know. And I don't care. If dad were alive, he'd let me go. I mean, so he's got daddy issues for sure. Yeah. But it also looks like he has mommy issues. Right. Well, I just think it's a rebellious thing. It's like, I mean, I can relate as a guy, you know, like your mom, you know, like, you know, like even as a fucking adult, sometimes I don't want to bring the girls I'm dating or my mom because, you know, it's embarrassing, but... But he's not dating this girl. The mom brings up a really fucking good point. It is weird to go clubbing with your teacher. Not only that, I'm surprised that this motherfucker is going clubbing and his mom's letting him when he's fucking 15, you know? Right. Like, I don't know what it's like in the fucking early 90s, but goddamn, like... I mean, I will tell you... It looked like they were at a fucking, like, bar. Yeah, no. From my memory, like, underage clubs or all-age clubs were not common when i was growing up yeah um but they're there at this metal bar dancing pam is wearing a bra top and a jacket short jean skirt and she's fucking going in on the grinding going in and cecilia's watching all of this from like a booth with like a real stink face on which yeah she i i i I took that as like jealousy but also uneasiness yeah i could see that i could see that i but like i went to straight away to like oh she's jealous about billy Mm -hmm. and i was like maybe she's in love with pam smart i i didn't think of that but maybe no doubt but because uh, i think yeah. you're right i think she just was in over her head yeah. like this is fucking weird like my teacher's grinding on my classmate yeah. like we were just filming right. an orange juice video and i think this is definitely the turning point i think billy was definitely into it at this point because there's no way he didn't have a boner first of all second of no all no way you don't yeah. dance with someone like that if you're oh, not attracted bro, to you're them 15 and like you just started getting that shit like normally like on god like he definitely had some shit going on down there. She knew it. She was trying to get something out of that. And she knew what she was doing, I think, in my opinion. I've heard too close by next. Yeah, for sure. So 
Um, Billy waits for Pam the next day, and she says she wanted to see him because she mentioned his um, neighbor. He mentioned that his neighbor develops photos, and she needs help with that. And he's like, oh, you want me to get it done? She's like, yeah, and um, also, I need to know the truth while we're alone. Do you ever think about me when I'm not around? And he's like, yeah, I think about you all the time. Mm -hmm. I can't stop thinking about you. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Do you think about me when I'm not around seems so uncomfortable to me. This Well, see, I think she knew that what she was getting into. I think she knew that what that he was definitely into her. And I think this is her way of kind of validating it for herself, you know, yeah. like kind of being like, let me make sure that this isn't fucking, you know, just me going crazy in my head. Let me make sure this fucking 15 year old is manipulated so that I could take advantage of him. I was such a dumbass though. Like if an adult asked me that when I was I'd his like, age, no. I'd be like, think about you. I'd be like, I mean, I don't know. Like when I'm, I know I'm coming here. Like I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm going to go to Pam's class. I just think like, it's, <laughs> I just think the writing is what it was, you know, like it's just like, they didn't know how to like, because this is the scene where they kind of profess their love for each other. Really. I know. I mean, also this just might be how people talk and I'm naive, but maybe I don't know. Yeah. The next day they're working on their video again. The girls are free tomorrow after, after church, so they ride off together on one of their mopeds. Billy and Pam go inside to work on setups, and oh he says God. that his mom's downstairs. Why the teacher's upstairs alone in the room when the mom's downstairs, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, th- this is the turning point scene for me. This is everything. It's like, what the fuck is happening, and how the hell do I get out of this? This is when it started to go off the rails. So he's like, I had the pictures you asked me to develop. And she's like, did you look at them? And he says, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. And she's like, did you like them? What do you think they are? They're pictures of her in a bra and leggings. That her friend took. Yeah, Yeah. for her modeling portfolio. Yeah, and (laughs) she's on like a hotel bed. You'll notice that the room has two fucking beds and it's definitely a hotel. Um, And I would say by 80s standards, she's what they would call half naked because she had a bra on and it looked like some sort of like, like maybe like, uh, what do you call it? Pantyhose and like, panties. they were like leggings with like, a, she had a thong underneath it though. Okay. And then, but then like she, we only saw the thong because she like pulls down the leggings. I mean, they were risque photos for no sure. Doubt. Teased hair, everything. This they is were the sexual in nature. Yeah. But at best, they were softcore porn. So like, it is easy to argue that maybe these weren't the most sexual pictures, but. Uh, <laughs> They wouldn't be in Seventeen magazine, but they might have been if she was Britney Spears. They would be in Teen Vogue today, but not back then. Sure. I love this, though. You're right. So she never mentions friends at any point during this, except to say that Becky took these pictures. Do you think Becky was Greg? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking about this, too. I was like, maybe like she set up a self-timer, because the only thing I could think of is maybe they took these like, pictures. This bitch can't possibly have a right. friend. Yeah, it, the, I was thinking maybe they took these her and Greg when they went to Boston. That's what I'm thinking, too. But at the same time, like, why? For what reason? Greg is Just getting to married spice to spice it her. up. I Just guess. Spice it is up. What, Some I mean, they photos. definitely needed like, something else in their relationship, because like, <laughs> Pam's like, here, take pictures of me, and Greg's like, okay. Right. Yeah, like, this could have done very differently for her if she had introduced Billy to the bedroom. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. she and Greg could go down on that pedophilia. I just don't even fucking know what to say about this. Like, so I, this would be the point where I would fucking call the police if I was 15. Absolutely. This is where you at least like notify an adult. Uh, but then get into the next part. What does she tell him to fucking do with these pictures? So she's like, you can keep your favorite one if you want. And they sit down on the bed and he starts going through it. And he's like, I like this one. 
Um, and so they lean in for a kiss. They start making out on the bed. And then we cut to a scene, a very brief scene of Greg, which they almost never do in Lifetime where they give like a character besides the main character a whole different setup. This is like another day of shooting. But Greg is playing with his niece while the family's hanging out. And um, he tells Pam later on, he's like, hey, I wish you saw Ashley today. Um, you know, I hope that we're, she's so beautiful. She's so big. Like, she's so great. Right. I hope that we're this lucky when the time comes. But she's being really cold. She's not, Yo, she's not she, thinking about having a child with this no, man. No, she's completely emotionally absent at this point. And once again, like you said, this scene, it starts off with just fucking showing Greg's this amazing, happy family man. And Pam's this cold-hearted bitch, basically. Yeah, we go from her making out with a teenager to him being a family man. So I guess they both like kids in different ways. Exactly. They both they share a mutual love of kids for sure. 3449 to 3615. Damn, is there maybe a problem here that I'm not aware of? I'm just tired. Let's not make a big issue out of it, okay? No. No, as a matter of fact, it's not okay. Maybe it is about time we started making an issue out of this. I mean, you don't want to start having kids for a while or until your career gets off the ground. That's fine. But does that mean we're putting off sex until you're, what, hosting Good Morning America? Where the hell are you going? To get myself a beer. It's called oral gratification. So called getting a beer gut. What? Nothing. No. What's that supposed to mean? Pam? Why did you marry Greg Smart? Because I loved him. I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him. Would you speak up? I couldn't hear the last part of what you said. I said I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him. What was it about him you loved? He was a very kind, gentle person. It was a lot of fun to be around. Was the marriage happy? Yes, extremely happy. Okay. I mean, first of all, I will say that, like, kisses in these movies are so loud, and I tried my best to, like, get the like the clip up to the... It's so <laughs> loud. And for yeah. some reason, I always think of Helen Hunt as being a very loud kisser. I feel like she gives off a loud kissing vibe. Um, it's a lot. Probably, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she just sucks at it, and it's to make up for, like, trying to make the guy, like, actually feel like he's being kissed by giving him the sound effects. Yeah, so she and Billy um, are making out to heavy metal music in the Halen Mobile. Then we see a family compiling out of a trailer with bags of stuff. Yeah, this is, I think, a nod to the fact that um, all of fucking Billy's friends, white trash, trailer park people. Yeah, and also probably it's most likely that she was able to get kids to kill for on her behalf that needed the money right they're like poor kids possibly uneducated you know based on the context that they're fucking living in for sure you know or I mean? like yeah. go, going to be uneducated you know what i mean these right. are high school kids that don't really have a bright horizon what if and i, I think just that's say true it? with billy too is that like he doesn't have like you know probably with the most like solid family unit in place oh, bad yeah. relationship no with his way. mother or whatever no like way. there's not a lot of hope there when you're in that position as a kid and especially if people aren't constantly he is going to project self esteem yeah exactly it's not exactly, it's not yeah. hitting right but i mean i i definitely you could definitely tell this is kind of his safe place with his fucking friends because you know you got you got good vibes in there they got some bread out they're making sandwiches they're drinking some drinking some pop 
Is, yeah. Is it called pop in New Hampshire? No, it's called soda. Okay, so they're drinking soda. Or tonic. Okay, oh, hey, man. Drinking some, some grape tonic. Yeah, some tonic. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Having a good time, you know, doing their fucking thing, man. That's, yeah. Ew, tonic. You're right. Um, This family that lives in this trailer, like, it is interesting, though, because for whatever moral or lack of moral high ground that they were supposed to be portrayed for having because their financial circumstance, if it wasn't for them later on, the mystery of who killed Greg Smart would have gone on for a lot longer. Yeah, well, I, yeah, no doubt. I definitely think it could have gone on for a lot longer if it wasn't for these kids and their loudmouths and shit. But um, and the dad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The dad did come in, which that's honestly not... took a lot of balls, and we'll talk about that later, I guess. Oh. But like, that took. A- Honestly, I don't think I would have done that. What Coming that with my took fucking is what weapon. I knew my mom would have absolutely done to me if I ever killed someone. My mom would turn my ass in in a fucking <laughs> second. She and yeah. she told me that when I was a kid. Yeah, she was like, "If you ever break the law, like oh, I will sure. turn." I don't you know about in. my mom, but my dad would definitely turn me in. One hundred percent. Yeah. So basically, Billy's telling uh, JR, his friend, that they are going to go away for the weekend. Greg Smart's going away for the weekend. So he's going to be shacking up with Pam. He needs JR to be his cover. Mm -hmm. And if his mom calls at any point to call him and say, you know, and he'll call from Pam's house. Yeah. So basically, his boy's like, yo, like, are you fucking the teacher or what and he was like i hope so this weekend Mm -hmm. but well i don't know um and he's basically like cecilia's coming because pam doesn't want it to look funny so it's just like cecilia this poor girl is right away being pit against i don't know the law against herself yeah she's definitely she's definitely the middleman here and it kind of sucks for her what teacher is like, you know what? I want to get away with fucking you, so let's involve another student. I just think they thought Cecilia was dumb and they could take advantage of her. You know, like, oh, here's this, like, girl who They're wants like this to be poor a fucking homeless journalist. Girl. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, we'll give her some fucking bread crusts, like, mm-hmm. and shit. But um, I'd like to point out, too, that uh, for those of you who don't watch it, um, Billy's wearing the same clothes in this scene as he was when he professes love to... Um, to Pam, and he's also going to be wearing the same clothes in the next scene and the next day. So that just goes to show he probably doesn't have a lot of resources. Uh, doesn't bring a bag to At Pam's house. At least the either. costume department doesn't. You know. Well, I just, yeah, I was going to say that, but hey, man, I give I'm devil's advocate. Maybe you know, I think that maybe they just want to point out that hey, man, Billy doesn't need a lot of clothes. Just yeah. needs a flannel and a blue T-shirt. Yeah, and um, you know, the interesting thing with Cecilia too that I didn't really know if they were ever trying to like directly imply this or not is that I. Don't like, I think they picked someone who's like pretty enough to be in a movie, but isn't like the hot high school girl they for a reason. definitely did that on purpose because, like, this is the fucking you know, this is the basic cliche girl you take advantage of, like mm-hmm. the duff, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing, where it's just yeah. like, oh, you know, you got this girl, like, it's everyone's best friend who, like. They take the fucking fall in every situation. That's yeah. who this girl was fucking designed by God to play in movies. <laughs> is what I, is I think that's what God thing. intended. That's exactly sure. right. When he's creating her, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make this girl passable. Yeah, it sucks, dude. <laughs> Pam, Billy, and Cecilia are sitting around downstairs. Poor Cecilia is sitting there on the couch oh watching God. this, like, I guess you could call it softcore porn. It's like women's it's, it's sort this, of it's pirouetting this lady basically like dancing around her fucking lingerie. Yeah. And it's hard to tell if that's like supposed to be a music video, but it seems like it's supposed to be a softcore well, porn. you got the porn. smooth jazz going on, you know, like the Seinfeld intro type of shit. Boom, 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 boom. Like that yeah. type of shit. Yeah, no doubt. So. Um, so she's sitting there and then like, 
Pam and Billy are like fucking going at it. And I'm like, Pam, you've lost your mind. Yeah. The they, fuck yeah. are you doing? So they're like, upstairs at this point, right? Or they're, they're no. And then yeah, they're yeah. like, we're going upstairs. So Cecilia watches them walk upstairs. Disgusting. I'm assuming she doesn't have the remote either because she keeps the porn on. Yeah, she keeps it on. Yeah. And then the porn ends. And so she gets bored. She goes to the fridge. There's nothing there but a glass of wine or like a bottle of wine, which I think is yeah. interesting because like. She's not there to get fucked up. The only thing that's happening that weekend is that Billy's fucking this that's teacher. That's exactly right. Because if I yeah. was Cecilia, I'd be like, well, I mean, I guess my teacher's fucking this other student. I'm probably going to get drunk off of her liquor. Here's the thing. I will say that I have been the friend who has another homie who's trying to fuck, and I go with him to break the ice, you know, because right. it's a new relationship. And I have ended up sitting on a fucking couch while two of my friends are fucking upstairs. <laughs> right. However... This is a fucking teacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, so uncomfortable. I had the ability to fucking turn the TV on, change the channel, do whatever I want, turn the volume on so I didn't hear any sound effects. Cecilia, they give her no explanation. You know, they're just like, hey, like. This gonna- is like before cell phones. Like, imagine just back in oh the day, like when I would God. babysit at houses, there was no phone, there was nothing to do. Like, if maybe I was lucky, the family would have a computer and I could use internet. Or, but like, like, there's no fucking magazines or anything. You just kind of sit there. Yeah, you're fucked. It's, yeah, it's- you have nothing to do. So basically, Cecilia goes upstairs and she knocks on the door and <laughs> yeah. she goes, I hope you guys are finished because I'm really bored. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Stupid. No response. No. You were like, hold on, don't come in. So, so then she, she opens the door, looks in the bedroom, like, clocks it we don't see it but she clocks that something's happening yeah and then she closes the door and, and walks it's out it's crazy because i don't know what the fuck she was expecting to see but she had a look of shock on her face it like, also just goes to show how brazen they were because yeah. like neither one of them were like shut the fucking door like yeah. they just kept they going at it yeah. i think it was i think it Maybe was they couldn't hear because of- all the van halen hair there, that ears. could be that for right. sure but i also wonder if they made her see it so that they could prove that they had a sexual relationship like in this movie Maybe. like if see like we had to see cecilia seeing it so that we could because this is also foreshadowing too because it also could just be a giant he said she said if no one saw them having sex how right. are we supposed to believe they were really having right. sex so now we know that they fucked. is it illegal for like an adult to kiss a minor I think it's any sort of contact that could be considered sexual. Sexual, okay, there's that. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, because technically, like, rape isn't always necessarily, like, penetration. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's other things, too. Like, sexual harassment can be said shit but yeah okay so pam drops off billy at his house the next day 41 14 to 44 11 was last night your first time no well i'm no virgin either but it was like um magical me too really I don't know you. What? What? I want. You're everything a woman's supposed to be. Billy. Pam, what's wrong? Just, um, I'm so happy with you. All I want is you. (laughs) Me too, Pam. All I want is you. But I don't think we can do this again. What? Because...
because Greg goes away like that very, very rarely. And I'd want to be with you all the time. Why don't you just divorce him, Pam? And we could be together forever. I would, I would in a minute. But he'd take everything. It's all in his name, the, the car, the house. And he can be mean, Billy. If I left him, he'd go mad. He'd get revenge. He'd take the dog. He might even try to hurt me. What do you mean? Sometimes he gets drunk and he yells and screams and throws things. He tried to hit me once. Damn it. You, you gotta get yourself out of there. I would. If I could, I would. But I can't. What do you mean? Greg. Do you know anyone who would kill Greg? It's the only way we can be together. It's the only way. So... This is, wow, so this is a lot. It's so, a lot to digest, yeah. One thing that jumps out to me in this scene, for sure, is that she says, um, essentially, that he tried to hit her once, which is going to change throughout this, because once already, mm-hmm. he did hit I her. I did note that, too. And then now she says he hit her, he tried to hit her once. Right. And then later on in the movie, she's going to make it seem like she was routinely beaten by him. Exactly. And that it's going to be like her coming in with a black eye soon if someone doesn't stop Greg. That was definitely my biggest note, too. And it's it's the fact that, and I mentioned this, I think at this point, she had got what she wanted from Billy. You know, Mm. they fucked. Maybe she didn't enjoy it. Maybe she realized she had to fucking get herself out of this in some way. Maybe she thought, if I get this kid to fucking kill my husband, he'll go to jail. No one will believe his shit. You know what I mean? There's a lot to digest here. But from this point on, it's totally... This fucking woman has no, like, empathy, just total sociopathic behavior. Like, What day do you think that Pam Smart knew that she could get him to do this? Do you think it was the night that they she dropped him off and he was playing air guitar? Do you think it was the time that when she, you know, when he came in the office and confessed his crush? Like, I don't think she knew. I don't think she was completely confident that he would do it until she saw Greg dead. Because... You'll learn in a fucking couple minutes and like throughout the rest of the movie that there's so many different times where he's like, oh my God, well, this happened, this happened. So she's probably thinking like, oh, this fucking kid, you know what I mean? Like he's either going to do it or he's just going to fucking annoy me for the rest of my life. (laughs) So yeah, man, like I'm not sure that she really knew at any point. I just think that she thought that if anybody would kill him, it would be fucking Billy. Yeah, so we're going to pick up with more of that in a second. We do find out that Greg Smart and his dad have won Rookie of the Year. They yes. won the award for sales the most sales. The year, He's yeah. killing it. I think we should wrap up part one right here. And then let's come back in on part two when we find Pam and Billy are still making out. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.